Hello and welcome to Stories RPG, the podcast where we learn to tell stories better together. And today is a right light episode and I am super excited to have a guest with us today, a storyteller and a game designer. Everyone, I would like you to welcome Fable. Hi. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yay! Well, welcome, and I'm so excited to talk to you about Fable Doom and about your experience um, as a storyteller and some of your tips and tricks for all the storytellers out there who would like to get more into it. Oh, well, I hope I can be helpful. Welcome. And I wanted to start out by just asking you for a little background. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into storytelling? Uh, yeah. So I think uh, like a lot of storytellers, I, I was an avid reader as a kid. The way that I transitioned from like just absorbing the stories to telling the stories is admittedly really dumb. Uh, I did it to impress a girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's no dumb reason. Hearing about. <laughs> no dumb reason. Yeah, so um, she was participating in NaNoWriMo, which I had never heard about, but I was like, okay, well, if you're doing it, I'm going to do it. The the writing stuck, the girl didn't. <laughs> there you go. So for anyone who doesn't know, NaNoWriMo is, is... National Novel Writing Month. There you go. National Novel Writing Month. And it's November, yes? Yes, yes. What did you write, can I ask? Oh, gosh, what did is I write? Is this one of those, like, I'm so embarrassed of the story that I wrote long ago? You shouldn't be. You should always be proud, but... It was a weird number where um, time was stopping in a local, like, a local town. Mm. And someone was trying to, like, you know, parse why and how and fix that. Messing with time in a story is always so interesting. And, like, it requires so much thought. I always feel like I, I have trouble. When, when I mess with time, I always mess it up. Um, <laughs> But I'm always really into stories that do mess with time because they're fascinating because um, we're all sort of fascinated with mm -hmm. what time is. That's We just did an episode on world building and I love, that's one of those ask oh. weird questions. That's one of the, mm -hmm. Neil, Neil Gaiman uses that as one of his principles of world building. And a weird question is what happens if time is stopping regularly to your perception? <laughs> and I love that. So it's a great pitch for a story. Uh, alas, I don't know how it ended. I failed. <laughs> it was my first time. That is not a failure. There are no failures. There's only practice. We're big into write for fun here. Well, so then can you tell me a little bit more about um, what makes stories stick for you or stories that you felt like you fell in love with or are really proud of that you've told? Oh, geez. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, avid reader as a kid. So what I look for is feeling immersed, like fully mm. believing uh, the story. I, I want it to be charming. I want to completely fall head over heels for the characters, for the world uh, that it's all in. And I want to mm. believe it. You know, there's, there's this weird line of complex and specific, but very simple goals uh, that are mm -hmm. straightforward. Like, um, let's see, a couple months back, I read this lovely novel. Um, called A Thousand Steps in Tonight. It was by Tracy Chi. Is this uh, kid-friendly or not, just to let our, our readers know, our audience? Uh, I, I, would, I would say probably young adult, if I okay. remember right. Gotcha. So this is a check it out yourself before you hand it to the kid. It had, uh, it had this weird 
mythological, historical sort of vibe. Um, But I immediately fell in love with it because I want to say it was like on the first or second page, the author starts to introduce these footnotes Mm -hmm. as if the place that all of this is taking place in is... uh, is real with a history and people and and yeah. everything that like the real world has that you know normal people don't actually always know side note world building tip not everyone knows history not everyone yeah. knows history most people actually don't make people get it wrong all the time you're in charge of how reliable people are anyway <laughs> that's great yeah no absolutely the author is always in charge um which allows you to play with things Oh, yeah. One of the other world building tips that Neil Gaiman had was grounded in realism and, you know, to Mm -hmm. create that immersive world. Right. And allow your reader to enter that suspension of disbelief and just fall in. And yeah, this is real. So I love that. I'm very I'm a big fan of footnotes, which are kind of a weird literary nerdy. I don't know, uh, like almost like a scavenger hunt. Oh, yeah. They again, they make it feel very real. They give you so much more flavor and background. Um, also, side note, uh, you've mentioned Gaiman uh, yeah. a couple of times. Love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a great. He's a great person. I absolutely, fell in love with him when I read uh, when I read Neverwhere. Oh wow! Yeah, there's so many of his. We were talking about you know, gosh, you can't lose. There's so much out there to read, and I was like, yeah, he writes a lot of adult mm-hmm. stuff. And immediately Dan was like, he writes a ton of kids stuff, and I was like, you're right though. He does. He writes everything. Okay, well, um, so let me before we get too taken with talking authors, which I could do all day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what can I can I ask you a little bit about Fable Doom and what got you interested in making Fable Doom and what it is and and why you made it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So originally, I I just started working on this for my home group. Um, Wait, you say home group? You play role playing games? I take it you are a story gamer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I want to uh, make sure everyone knows that this is not just uh, it's not just us on this show <laughs> playing this. This is a huge thing. There's lots of people out there. Oh yeah, I was introduced to TTRPGs as a freshman in in college. Yeah, it was it was first edition Pathfinder uh, was my first one. Which, if anyone's played Pathfinder, tends to be a a particularly crunchy or very rules heavy sort of game. You can do a lot of things, but it also takes a lot of work. Some people love finagling the rules and doing all the math. Uh, Other people have a harder time with that. I am one of those people. And so as me and my, my home group kept on playing this game over the years, it got harder and harder for us to mm-hmm. continue developing the characters and the world mm-hmm. in the way that we wanted to, um, without it being, you know, really, really, really difficult. Mm. Uh, so we decided to start working on our own thing uh, after searching around for a few different rules light options, not really finding what we wanted. We just figured, okay, well, we can take, you know, some of the things that we like and then develop it and go from there. And I, uh, I love that the game came about. <laughs> that's that's great. I feel like it's very similar to the way that I think writing happens. You start to write, you, you start to read, you get really into reading certain sagas, and then you kind of want them to continue or you want to create your own mm-hmm. and you start experimenting. And eventually, if you're into it enough, it becomes its own thing. And I think the same thing happens with game designers a lot, right? Yeah. A lot of times what I find is it's a way to 
expand something that you are just already fully in love with uh, and that you want to like kind of give a place to flourish. That book that you finish and you're you're in mourning because it's done and you don't get any more time mm-hmm. with those with those characters. Absolutely. Endings are what? hard. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I always I have a terrible habit of cliffhangering everything. I can't mm-hmm. I can't put a bow on anything cuz life <laughs> life doesn't have bows. I'm not going to give you a bow. I'm I'm going to I'm going to leave you right at the edge of wow, what would happen if we and if you want to come back to it, you're going to have to talk to me about that cuz I I I'll make time for it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, can you tell me a little bit about Fable and and do Fable Doom and and what specific elements you you're really excited about or how it makes it easy or fun for folks to tell stories? Uh yeah, basically Fable Doom works by allowing players to choose whatever weird skills that their characters are good at. Um, and then you develop, you know, all of those skills on a skill by skill basis. That is to say, um, instead of having a big XP sort of pool, you get points for the specific thing that your character is practicing. So, you know, you're not going to get better at sewing by uh, going to rave parties, right? That's just not how that works. Um, things Unless like that. you're making those big pants yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then you can do both. You can learn to dance and sew. Okay. Sorry, I, I got excited because I was like, well, you could though. <laughs> but I, I understand completely. That's great. The story you tell determines the path that your characters take and what they become good at, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I tend to encourage players to make their skills as, um, as intersectional as they can mm. and, and really stretch and flex the system because it is meant to kind of wrap itself around the characters. Mm-hmm. Characters drive stories. Absolutely. One of my favorite examples is a friend of mine who had this skill to basically influence velocity, right? Mm. And and so as That's a hero, a this is meant to, you know, stop speeding bullets and trains and such. Uh, it's yeah. not necessarily a specifically like a flight superpower. However, mm. it can be used in that way. If you if you control the velocity of, say, a jump. You can you yep. can basically be like uh like the Accelerate incredible Hulk the jump. or something. Yeah, that's so good. The best superpowers are always for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're interesting in application. Great powers are mm-hmm. narratively interesting. Absolutely. When the character has to figure out clever ways to apply them. Um, yeah, I have a character in in Giga City Ghosts, which is one of the games that goes with uh, Giga City Guardians on the podcast, named Geta Grip, who does friction control. And, you know, you get to think, <laughs> right, right. It's such a good, I got excited when I, I was oh, like, gosh. yeah. Oh, and, and she does things like, you know, one line, uh, one very thin line of friction on the bottom of her shoe and no friction anywhere else. So mm-hmm. she can skate on the floor. Um, and, oh, you know, I you can, it. you can think of goofy things it. like that. Yeah. Like really fun ways to use. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and you know you can grab somebody, and then their fric- the friction on their clothes gets really high, and all of a sudden they're oh, all wow. wrapped up. And you know you can nonviolently restrict them. Okay, so not to not to go too far off base, but like, please go go. I am I'm so very curious about if there are any conditions on how uh, this character has to use it. Like, does there have to be contact with with the object or person, or like, is it just at will or? So, so stories RPG uh, 
doesn't try to restrict. It opens the doors and it mm. lets people answer their own questions. So if you get excited by restrictions, one of my goals as a designer is always to kind of encourage people into learning how to tell better stories. Mm-hmm. So if you focus on how do I win in this situation, you're very often really worried about whether you know there's a range limit on it or whether how much stuff can you affect with it or um, do you have to touch somebody to use it like that, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're worried about telling a good story, all of a sudden the conditions shift. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're like, well, what would be interesting here? Would it be cool if I couldn't quite reach them? So if you roll and you get a trouble, what's the issue? Well, you start to try to restrict them, but you're not quite close enough. So let's make it so that like they're half restricted and they're still a problem, but they're not, they're less of a problem. Yeah. I mean, so th- that's the reason I ask. I, um, yeah. Are you familiar with Sanderson's Rules of Magic? Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about them, too, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so one of those is knowing the limits of the system. And I think that that's a really powerful tool because it allows you to put very specific obstacles in the way of very specific characters um, in, in ways that force them to grow and think about how they do what they do. Um, yeah. And how it all works. Absolutely. And it's always much more fun to watch a character struggle with limits than it is to watch them overcome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, 100% agree. And I, I love those rules. They're they're very useful. There's, there's always an element of like some sort of conflict or suspense or in the most simplified of terms, uh, drama to push a character forward. Um, just something is kind of in the way between them and what they want. Yeah. I think it's for, for, uh, for me as a designer, I'm really excited about creating experiences where players are invited to play both their avatar, but also an author mm-hmm. and to switch between those modes of thought so that they can impose limits on themselves. You know, okay, we need to create some drama in this scene. What do I want to do to this poor character to make this harder on them? Oh, yeah. And then switch back into character mode and go, okay, now I'm going to try to overcome this trouble, which is, I think, what authors do when they're writing at the table, right? You're sort of thinking to yourself, all right, I love my character, (laughs) but now I'm going to create drama for my character. And, you know, then I'm going to have to help them write their way out of it. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I had one more question I wanted to ask. I feel like we've gotten so many great pieces of, of advice in here. Um, (laughs) really like put some limitations on your powers. Uh, characters are at the center of a story. Uh, give, give yourself a little freedom to create your, your characters, ground your worlds in reality. You've, you've really been hitting for anyone at home who hasn't been paying attention. Fable is an excellent storyteller and knows, knows their stuff. Um, so, uh, last questions then fable doom. I know it's up on Kickstarter, you know, where do it, where can people go to see this game, play this game and learn more about it and what you do? I mean, I do have one thing I want to say before that. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, Please do. If I may tattle on myself a little bit, do it. Uh, fable doom. It is labeled a core rule book and in truth, um, the first part of it is the core rule book. And I would actually say that the vast majority <laughs> of this book is actually just on how to tell a good story, both as a player and as a GM. Um, I wanted to include that because 
a lot of people don't necessarily have those tools when they're coming into a game. Um, and sometimes that can lead to difficulty or things getting stale or, or whatever. Or, or even, you know, in, in a lot of cases, things can get toxic. And I wanted to give people kind of the, the tool set to be able to either prevent or fix a lot of those problems while having a lot of fun. That's so key. So I, I hope everyone at home heard that. Uh, this is a storytelling toolkit with a little bit of rules to help you learn how to do it the same way we do in Stories RPG. You don't need much to get you started, but you do need guidance. And storytelling guidance is so incredibly helpful when you're working in a group. And uh, what are some of your favorite tips and tricks that you offer in the book that you think you know oh, most yeah, people yeah. will benefit from? Or, oh gosh, I wish everybody knew that. Oh, geez. Um, you know what? Strangely enough... You know, I'm going to go with something really basic that I think mm. um, a lot of people might know, but I, I didn't necessarily know when I started. Improvisation. A lot of people, at least when they start out, don't know mm. a lot about the basic rules of improvisation. Um, mm. One of the core tenets being yes and. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to accept literally everything. It means that you have to accept that someone believes that something is the paradigm and you build off of that. One of the easiest ways to demonstrate how that works is, you know, there's there's yes and, but there's also yes but, no and, no but. Uh, you're basically saying that like, okay, that is a central part at mm -hmm. the very least in, in, in the perception of someone's reality. And you just take that and keep on rolling with it. Absolutely. That, that, that gives you the opportunity to respect and appreciate everyone else at the table and their contributions to the story. Yeah. And to weave them together seamlessly. I would almost call that the braiding technique for different people's story. You, you take the two threads and you say, mm -hmm. yes, and, or, or you take the two threads and you say, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, but and you you cross them back over. We use uh we use uh triumphs. So a double triumph is a yes and. Oh and yeah. And a triumph alone is a yes, and a triumph and a trouble is a yes, but I like um, it. And you know, a trouble is a is a no, and a critical failure. Two ones is your highest roll, which almost never happens, mm -hmm. but it can happen. Uh, that's a no and. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's bad Ooh. news. But I feel like that's where 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 the fun of story games, that randomization, the the you know why use mechanics, you know why do you need us any rules? You can just sit down and tell stories together. And for me, one of the answers is uh, the same thing you get when reading a book. When you read a book, one element of the fun is that you don't know what's going to happen next. You could have mm -hmm. ideas, you know, the author may have foreshadowed some stuff, and you might be excited to see if, but you're not certain. And as a result, mm -hmm. you get that little thrill of excitement when something happens that you didn't see coming and when the author throws you a curveball. And I love that other people's ideas can surprise and delight you and make the story come alive for you. And then also the role is that wonderful opportunity where you're like, well, you know what? I don't know what should happen. Let's, let's inject some excitement. <laughs> let's find out. Boom. And I love that element of, of story games. And I love that that's one thing they help people do is learn to work together in this very um, collaborative, creative, genuine, warm way to write together, which is lovely. 
sounds like you've got some lovely tips in there for making that happen smoothly. And I love that. Thank you. <laughs> it's a, it's an appropriate amount of chaos. Um, <laughs> an appropriate amount of chaos. That's a great name for either a book or a band, or I would buy that game. I'm in an appropriate amount of chaos. It forces you to be creative. Sometimes you get exactly what you want. Sometimes you yep. don't. Um, I don't tend to, at least in stories, mm. uh, I don't tend to view things as absolutely catastrophic or failures. I see yeah. this as a, okay, I'm going to have to figure out a way out of this somehow. Drama is good. Those limitations force that creativity. Perfect. Um well, thank you so much. This has been really fun. And I feel like I could talk with you all day. Um, <laughs> I wonder if you let us all know where to find you on the great wild wide interwebs out there. Uh, yeah. So let's see. On on most social media stuff, uh, you can find me at fable underscore raw. That's fable underscore R-A. Um, you can also find out more about Fable Doom on fabledoom.com and it's available in a lot of different places. You can get it from Tattered Bear, uh, who are the lovely folks who who actually put us together behind the scenes. Hi, um, Tattered Bear. Hi, Tattered Bear. <laughs> uh, they they helped make this happen. Uh, so like you can check out Fable Doom uh, over there too. Yeah, and uh, we'll definitely put some links in the show notes. And as always, this is Stories RPG. You can find out more about us at storiesrpg.com or at patreon.com backslash storiesrpg if you'd like to get all those free rewards and ad free and all that other good stuff. Well, Fable, thank you so much. And this has been an absolute pleasure. It's been lovely. Thank you for having me. Entirely my pleasure. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. bye. We always do the bye. <laughs> We're, we're terribly lame that way. We we never came up with a proper sign-off and just ended up doing bye every time. I mean, I think it's I think it's wholesome and I think it's very inclusive. We try for that. Just feels normal. Both of those things. All right, I am going to end this recording. Let me see if I can I do the click. Does it stop? When does it stop? Stop. <laughs>